the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. August is over. Sadly, we say adieu to August. It was a very good month. But... This is where Wall Street comes in. Past performance, not indicative of future results. Consults broker, advisor before taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. The idea that August is over, it tells you it's in the past. Now, the interesting part about that is Wall Street tends to be a discounting mechanism. And the idea of we soared to NASDAQ highs and S&P 500 highs in August. The Dow got positive for the year. There's some positives, right? It's telling us that, economically speaking, we should be better off in six months than we are now. Maybe. Keep in mind, stocks that have moved are a lot of the companies that have already moved for the year. So what's controlling the market, and this is one of the reasons you don't really hold on to indexes and go, I'm not on that one. This that's for failure, that's P500. It, it depends on the top 10 holdings. It's a market-weighted index, so it's a bit flawed. I'm not saying it's wrong. But if you look at the overall tenor of the rest of the stocks in the S&P 500, there's some losers, and there's some sideways action guys. Not everyone's sitting at all-time highs. It's just the top 10 are. Now, again, let's, not, let's quote that. Let's not rate that as fact, but it's close. It's the right idea. Uh, Tesla is going to sell $5 billion of their stock. Their stock's gone higher and higher and higher and higher. Um, it's up 500% in the year. Their market cap is getting bigger. As it gets bigger, they could say, hey, we're going to throw another million shares on the market because our stock's at 500 and pull in $500 million. That's kind of the idea again. Now, if you own a share, then they just dumped a million more shares and they diluted you. But they got a lot of cash, which hopefully they're going to use wisely. Um, when you pull in $5 billion, is it going to be a factory that's built? Is it going to be a charging network that he announces? Will it be uh, an electric vehicle on Mars? We don't know what Elon Musk is going to do with that money. But you have to hope it's for improving infrastructure in the company, getting some new robots to build things, something like that. That's a big story today. I think the bigger story, and again, Tesla selling $5 billion. Typically, Wall Street, that could be sending a mixed message. But I think the story is 2020 pandemic year, right? Uh, Zoom video up 41% today. Has everyone heard of Zoom video in the last six months? If you hadn't heard of it, you have. It's become synonymous with big names like IBM. And in fact, they're bigger than IBM and AMD put together now. That's how good of a year they've had. Uh, they're a pure play video service. They were there first. Um, that's been their bread and butter. And because of that, when you start going with the WebExes and um, like the real players, you're like, yeah, they uh, um, Skype. And you're like, okay, yeah, Skype's a good one. And we get Windows idea here. Uh, but Zoom is just pure. 
and they use it at my kid's school. And because it's so easy for kids to use, let's face it, parents could use it too, right? Teachers could use it. On top of it, our kids are starting to get used to the idea of talking to their friends on Zoom. Zoom has some other services that aren't really that important, but a big contract was signed for a Zoom phone with a big European financial services company. It was a good conference call to listen to. Uh, my neighbor, uh, chief security officer, he was on the call. Um, John Stamos, uh, not John Stamos, uh, Alex Stamos, uh, John Stamos. Uh-oh, kids, you better go to bed. Uh, I know you're saying you're going back to an 80s. TV show. Uh-huh. 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 Yes. So Zoom's up 40% today. How is that not a big freaking story? Another big freaking story has to be Walmart. They're not up 40% today, but it's nice. They're not a kind of stock that moves up 40% in one day. Um, but they've got brick and mortar stores, and which are basically going to be distribution centers of the future. They're getting better and better about being able to get stuff to the store and get it to you in two days. So why not compete directly with Amazon? Well, it's a little bit of a gambit, is it not? A little bit. Uh, but they're going to go directly after Walmart with what's called Walmart Plus. $98 a year. It sounds and acts a lot like Amazon Prime at $120 a year. Amazon Prime gives you a 30-day free trial. Walmart Plus gets you 15 days. Now, Walmart's going to be able to get, you're going to be able to get unlimited free delivery of from stores, fuel discounts, and the ability to use the scan and go feature in the Walmart app to pay while you shop inside stores. Amazon's doing something like that, too, but it's not as, well, Amazon does a good job of making it flashy, but who knew Walmart was going to do that? And obviously, it's going to have that two-day delivery service. So those are the top three stories of the day, in my opinion. Walmart uh, getting into direct competition with Amazon, and they should. They've been waiting for this moment for a while. They've been prepping it. Uh, any company that's had that, that ability to deliver in two days or do curbside pickup thrived, thrived during the pandemic. Uh, and they picked up business. And they probably hurt their competitors, right? That's the basic idea. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers today. Uh, the NASDAQ is up, of course, almost 1%. <laughs> oh, you know the story they didn't make the top three? was Apple. Um, it's looking like a March, not a March. What am I saying? It looks it's looking like an October launch for a lot of 5G products. Looks like they're going to have about four phones ready um, that are going to be a little bit more squared versus rounded. <laughs> is that going to be enough to motivate us to spend $1,200 for whatever the price is going to be? Uh, a better design. I'll tell you what, I've been using the operating software for the beta software for the last three, four weeks. Again, it's really, really nice. And over yesterday, I was uh, waiting for a cable guy to come and fix modem kind of situation. Uh, I was watching a friend use his iPhone. Uh, not his iPhone, it's his Google phone. I'm like, man, you, you don't know what you're missing. Like, this operating system is so much more. And again, I'm sounding a little bit like a fanboy. Right now, that's a good thing and a bad thing. My family will only buy Apple products because they work together. Is the idea? Are we right? We don't even know. Oh, a new smaller HomePod coming. See, I did get four top stories in. Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me online at Rob.
robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Of course, I should throw this out. The coronavirus cases are on the rise across more than half the United States. Oh, it's getting everywhere eventually. It seems like it goes, okay, let's hit San Francisco. Let's hit Seattle. Let's hit New York City. And it's eventually doing like this circle around the country, and it's moving into the center of our country, the flyover states. The Chicago's seem to be uh, up next, if you will. So we have all markets up. The leader is the NASDAQ. Again, Apple's marching a little bit higher. Dell's higher. Zoom Media up 40%. Zoom's not as important yet as a company like an Apple or a Dell is um, in the NASDAQ because it's market cap weighted, right? You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW Radio app or KDOW.biz. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Netflix was a big story in the past as they used to deliver the red envelopes. We were very excited because we had just come out of a business model that you would go to the video store on Friday, you'd go to the new releases and everything was taken. So you'd walk down a couple and say, oh, this Adam Sandler movie looks, well, it's doable. So you'd go watch a Adam Sandler film on the weekend and you go, oh, that was miserable. And you, you left the DVD in the DVD player you for, or the VHS tape in the VHS and you forgot to rewind it. There was a rewind fee. Do you remember rewind fees? Well, Netflix came along and kind of changed that whole business model and any video rental store essentially went out of business. I think there's still some of them out there, um, but they're a dying breed. So Netflix has a new product, a new, new, new play, and it's worth noting that it's free to watch Netflix shows and movies free. I don't have to pay nine ninety nine or eleven ninety nine. As, as they've changed business models from renting the CDs or the DVDs to you, um, giving you unlimited time, so you didn't get hit with late fees or rewind fees. You could take as long as you want. You can consume three of them on Friday, put them in the mail on Saturday, and hopefully you get some new DVDs on Monday. I, you remember that game, right? It was a great business model. It was fun. That's how I watched The Sopranos. It's, I remember clearly waiting for those red envelopes either at work or at home because I was burning through seasons, right? So Netflix is going to start offering something free here. And does it help their stock? Does it hurt their stock? Um, they're going to be giving the movie Bird Box, The Two Popes, uh, the murder mystery outfit Adam Sandler film that I don't think has a name other than the Adam Sandler murder mystery film because <laughs> I don't remember it. But you're going to get shows like Stranger Things, free. Love is Blind, When They See Us, Elite, Our Planet, Boss Baby, back in business. Um, So all you have to do, you don't have to pay. You get all their goodies for free. Is it going to be commercially supported? No. What it's going to be is a big commercial for Netflix, because once you get done with one episode of Stranger Things, they're going to say, no, that's all you get. Wait, 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 wait. What a tease, right? You get the TV shows, which are some of their best work. I'm not sure Bird Box is the greatest movie or the Two Popes or anything that they've put out. They've got some good documentaries, but they're only going to do their top ten. So you're not going to get everything. And their idea there is, is at the end of the one episode, you'll go, I want to pay and go watch the rest of them. It's kind of tricky, right? Eh, I'm not going to say it's bad. Um 
um, they can do whatever they want. A lot of people, a lot of investors have said, why don't you put Stranger Things out there for free and just put commercials in it? So like Coca-Cola is bringing you this episode of Stranger Things. Um, so far, no. And on one way, I respect it. On the other, I'm like, that's not as good of a headline as we thought it was going to be. NASDAQ up 100 plus points, up 1% starting off August, uh, starting off September well. Again, remember the year's broken up into three or four uh, chunks. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. So this is the last month, and then we get earnings next month for this third quarter. Some companies are on slightly different calendars, so it doesn't quite work like that. Um, but again, the third quarter should be better than the second quarter. The second quarter in the United States, we shut down as a nation. Very humblingly, we shut down. And business has grinded to a halt. Not as much as to a halt halt, but they slowed down. Uh, a lot of the money that people had as discretionary money came from the United States government as part of the bailout stuff. Get people back to work, get people spending money. Uh, you can take a look at the used car sales numbers that came out yesterday. And a lot of money went into used cars. Um, what's going to happen next? The third quarter is going to play out that it was going to be a little bit more reopening than, say, the second quarter. And then we get into the all-important fourth quarter. I would say if there's any quarter that I care about at all this year, and I don't like picking favorites, but third quarter, we get back to school. So we're going to see those numbers in about 30 days. Um, we're going to start hearing companies reporting their earnings in uh, earnings season. And earnings season was, a, it was decent in the second quarter. It'll be good in the third. Will it be enough to support the markets where we go, oh, that doesn't really look like a V-shape. Um, but we know some businesses have definitive V-shape recoveries. And we know that third quarter is probably going to show some that didn't. And then we get in that fourth quarter. And I come back to the fourth quarter one more time. Um, because that's going to give Thanksgiving, and it's also going to give us the holidays, where people tend to spend a lot of money and go into more debt for their kids. And I can see it playing both ways this year. I don't know what the psychology of America is yet. Oh, and we also get the elections in the fourth quarter. I don't know what the, the psychology is yet, but my kids have got a computer. I didn't want to spend that on them this year. I kind of wanted to share the family computer. But when everyone's using Zoom and you got to have the Zoom call, you got to get the upgraded modem, you got to get the upgraded computer, you got to get the, like, you have to make sure every room can be reached because one kid who wants to do it in the TV room, it's going to be ending in tears with he's not able to connect. So the fourth quarter is going to be pretty interesting for me. Um, and we need, we're getting some good stuff. We're getting fast, rapid testing in 15 minutes or less. Uh, let's hope that it's reliable as it's, they say it is, because that would be bad PR. After we've said, hey, this is good news, maybe this opens up football games. If everyone has to do a 15-minute test before they go in, that sounds like a logistical nightmare, but it sounds more doable than it did three months ago. Opening up the economy is what I'm getting at, is starting with airlines and, and cruise ships and football games, uh, big mass gatherings. We still can't do that. And uh, I don't see us there completely until we do the rapid testing plus a vaccine. The news there is developing quickly, and it, it looks very, pro it sounds very promising. Not a scientist, but it does sound good. I'm speaking of sounding good. Uh, Papa John's International is on my pizza radar right now. Not because I want to eat their food, but because their stock continues to do great. 
uh, I interestingly did a story a couple of days ago that pork prices are going higher and the cost of pepperoni is going higher. It tends not to hit companies like Domino's or Papa John's because they're so big that they've got contracts. Uh, they make a contract with a, a company, let's call it Hormel. They say, Hormel, you're going to give us 100 million pounds of, ter- of pepperoni this year. So their price is locked in. It's the small mom and pops who put together pizza and they try to sell it to you for fifteen to twenty dollars. That that extra dollar they're paying for pepperoni per pound starts to add up. There's actually been shortages of pepperoni. I love that. Why? Because COVID's moving into the middle of the country. Like I said, it looks like a big swirl how it's traveling around the country and it's getting tighter and tighter. And it seems to be circling in on Chicago. Features are really fascinating in hog bellies. How many bellies does a hog have? Two. And what's the most expensive thing about uh, pork? Um, storing it. After you slaughter it, you have to kind of put it in freezers, and freezers take electricity to keep them cold. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Um, there's really no stupid questions. I tend to refer to it as stupid people, but not stupid questions. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I kind of want to stick around with Zoom a little bit longer. In large part, they had a great quarter. Some of their numbers were on the astronomical side. Um, and I, I, I try not to get too, how shall we say, um, definitive or like wild in this whole process, but they averaged 148 million active users in the quarter up 4,700% year over year. So there's pre-pandemic economy, there's pandemic economy. There'll be something that we refer to down the road called post-pandemic economy. And uh, we'll deal with, we'll digest this as we go through, right? Um, But Zoom has a pre-pandemic history of pandemic history and they're going to have a post pandemic history. That's probably the greatest, you know, eye for an eye comparison between the two. Um, of the pre economy, the during economy, the post economy. But there's going to be some companies that were almost made during the pandemic. So let's stick with that a little bit longer. They're now worth more than IBM. They're growing up fast. Um Stock's up 41% today. It's up 500% this year. Now, 500%, you're like, eh, it's not quite as good as Tesla, right? You're in your head, like, you play games with yourself. And if you find yourself doing, only looking at stocks that are up crazy amounts, just know that your risk profile is probably a little bit crazier than the average person's. So there's no shame in looking at a stock that doesn't explode higher at least two or three times a year. Um, last week, Salesforce.com, their stock was up 26% after it posted a huge earnings beat. So Apple stock up 10%. So there's some coming out of earnings. There's some, some jet fuel happening, right? If you were in the right place at the right time. Tesla's $455 billion market value would make it the seventh most valuable stock in the S&P 500. Um, Tesla's had a good year. <laughs> it's, it's almost repetitive, right? Uh, there's some companies that you look at, like Berkshire Hathaway, and you're like, well, someone asked me the other day, should, uh, I got an email 
uh, someone emailed me, 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 and asked me the question, Rob, at robblackshow.com. They said, uh, should I buy Berkshire Hathaway? Because they have such a large holding in Apple instead of buying Apple. That's a good question. I like the thought there. You can kind of... I'm not saying Apple is a holding company or Berkshire Hathaway is a holding company for Apple. They are a holding company. They have other companies in there like Gillette. Uh, they've got other companies in there like Dairy Queen and Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. So they are kind of a holding company. It's not a bad thought. And the only thing I thought of was Warren Buffett's 90. When he dies, will Apple take a hit? I think they could, for sure. I think there will be a psychological tie these two companies together because it's his largest holding. And there's a lot of questions. Did he pick it? Probably not. He's been building up people to replace him for 20 years. And as he's done that, some of them are younger whippersnappers who appreciate a good tech stock a little bit more than he might have. I'm not going there in the analysis of what did he do and why did he do it. I'm just saying he is 90 years old. And, oh, this, okay, what was kind of interesting too was this person also tied on, I only want to own it. I'm only trying to hold it for three years because I'm going to buy a house. I'm like, oh, there it goes from an interesting question to a, you almost made me vomit in my throat kind of response. Um, if you have house money that you need to buy a house in three years with, it is pretty typically generally understood not a great idea to expose the stock market. Only because, let's say Kim Jong-un loses his mind. We could be in a, a tough economy for three years and by loses his mind. I'm, he's, got a, he's got nuclear weapons, right? We think he does. I've never actually seen them. But there can be scenarios like that that we didn't see coming. And they typically don't. And you typically would have been better putting that money in Apple for three years. Um, if you take a look at the last 10 years of Apple, there, there hasn't been a lot of three-year underperformances. But does that mean it won't happen? And again, that's where you get into that house money that you are going to definitely use down the road. Um, so that's out there. The real estate boom should be the next story that we talk about, because we're talking about things that are doing well during the pandemic. And I like some things that are not tech stocks. I own tech stocks that I do. But the housing trend, I own a couple houses. Um, I'd say four pieces of property. I have not added to that in two or three years. Um, I like to kind of digest and then look for something else and then give it a couple years and then digest and then look for something else. I'm not a big real estate mogul, but I do like real estate stocks. I don't really like bonds, and that's really almost irresponsible of me to say. So I, when I do say it, I say, that's pretty irresponsible of me to say. I'd rather find some bond alternatives, but we'll go into that later. But one area that I do like is housing. Um, and there's a way to play housing. Everyone that I know wants their own home, right? It's kind of one of those things that's burned into our head as this is the American dream. And the fact that we even call it the American dream tells you it's pretty messed up. Um, you know, stories this summer have been people taking their home, their small apartment, their small home in the Bay Area, and moving to the suburbs. Because companies like Salesforce said you can. Companies like Google said you can. Companies like Zoom have made work from home a little bit easier. I do love all the commercials coming out now that are like, work from your closet. 
we'll fix up your closet for you. And you're like, oh. Didn't it have to be a pandemic play, closet risk restoration, but it is, I guess. It shows you that we do love our houses, right, if nothing else. So homebuyer interest has soared. Demographic trends are still millennial, you know, pushing up right now, wanting to get into homes. But also some of the other demographics, we still, you know, come, people come to America. And our population tends to make babies. And we need more homes. Um, Ultra-low interest rates have certainly, certainly helped the real estate market with paying more because, or buying more. Because the low interest rate is so tiny um, that you're able to get more home than you could if the interest rate was more normalized at 3 or 4%. But when the 10-year treasury is under 1%, you can find packages and mortgages out there for two and a half, two and a quarter, two and three quarters, 30-year fixed mortgages. Some of the ones that are two and a quarter, you got to jump through some hoops that are realistic. But I do like the homeowning trend. I do. Um, you have three of the largest population groups in the country all looking for homes right now. You've got baby boomers. You've got millennials. You've got Generation Z. Maybe the boomers are on their home and going to the desert to retire. Um, so they're looking. Millennials are looking for their first entry-level home. And then you get the Generation Zs who are now in their 20s, and they're willing to take over what the millennials had. The S&P 500, not the S&P 500, excuse me, Standard & Poor's is a reporting agency, and they have a home builders industry that's up 275% in the last 10 years. Now, again, the home builders are up essentially 275% in the last 10 years. That's a pretty good return. Is it Zoom? No. Is it Microsoft? Uh-uh. Is it Apple? Don't even go there. But it's a nice return. So shares of D.R. Horton, the nation's largest builder, have risen nearly 40% this year. Lennar in uh, Meritage Homes, uh, similar types of returns, 60% gains, 18% gain in Pulte. And you feel Pulte is only up 18%. That's a pretty good number. It's a pretty good number. So some other plays in the Home Builders Index, like Toll Brothers, uh, Meritage Homes, Lennar, D.R. Horton. I'm not going to say if I had an eight-fingered hand, I can count on one hand how many companies build homes, but that sounds about right. That are dominant players. Yes, there's some cookie cutters out there, and some cookie cutter companies, but there's also some, you know, uh, guys that sweep hammers and they, when they swing their hammer, they build a home. But those are the big players. Um, now, on top of that, I will go as far as say, because we're still building homes and because there's still demand on three of the largest populations in the United States, Generation C, the Millennials, and the Baby Boomers, I, I would still say there's probably some good play left in things like. Toll Brothers is nice. But what I would do is I'd line all those companies up. I would look at their product. I'd look at their geography because you may like the southeast more than you like the northeast. Um, You may like companies that are doing luxury homes versus companies that are doing smaller homes. And my, my goal for you is to get you to start comparing companies. So Taylor Morrison, Toll Brothers, Lennar, Meritage Homes, Pulte Group, D.R. Horton. You're going to look at the year-to-date changes. You're going to look at the market value. Uh, Big is fine. I'm not against it. Small is fine. Small might have more opportunity than big is the thought. But I want you to look at the price book uh, value of the company. Uh, And that's where you're going to start saying, okay, I like this company more than that company. 
I don't think Wall Street is about being right. It certainly helps. But I think it's about learning to compare stocks and issues that might have a play with you um, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. 800-516-1220, teacher calls on the air. Learning to compare, more important than being right. And learning to know what you need, also pretty darn important. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com, co-owner of the company. And uh, I've known CFP Chad Burton for a very long time. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Albeit 25 years ago, roughly, when I started in this industry, the goal was more along the lines of, let's buy tech stocks. Let's talk tech. I had a segment called Tech Talk, Tech Talk, Rob Black. Um, my real name's Robert. My friends call me Robert. Uh, my family calls me Robert. Uh, a TV producer said, Rob Black sounds better than Robert Black. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, and so it's Ben. So if you ever get an email from me, you'll notice that I sign it. Robert, if you want to drop me an email, it's Robert. Rob at robblack.com. It's so funny, but I'll sign it Robert, and people are like, who's Robert? Oh, me. Walmart's going to offer that subscription service, which is going to be nice. Um, I think, is it fair to say in the last year, every American has ordered something online, and in the last year, we've done groceries a little bit more than we ever have before? To the point that I didn't think I hated going to get groceries, but during the pandemic, I've learned I hate going to get groceries. And one of the services, one of the subscriptions I've gotten into is Instacart, which it's going to be a big question because I've also added other subscriptions. I've added Hulu. Uh, I had Netflix. Apple is doing more bundling of services with a new announcement coming in the fall. Those services add up, um, of which I got one from the other day from Sirius, Sirius Satellite Radio. Uh, don't talk about satellite radio when you're on terrestrial radio. Uh, but they're like, hey, next month your service comes to a halt, and we're going to just re-up you at $400 a year. I'm like, oh, no, you're not. So you call them up, and you negotiate with some of your subscriptions. And they ultimately gave me $3 a month, so I went from 400 down to about $36 a year because I said, can't let So don't hesitate in potentially negotiating your subscriptions. Some other ones you can negotiate, cable bills. Can you negotiate your subscription to Netflix? Not bloody likely, except for they are coming out with a free version of it. But as I've already told you, it's really, there's a catch. You only get one or two episodes of Stranger Things, and then it says, to watch the rest of them, go subscribe. So I'm thinking the next two business models for Netflix, one is going to have to be ad-supported um, because they're running out of coming up with, you can watch the first couple episodes free tricks up their sleeves. Um, maybe they do sports channels. They've talked about that in the past. Um, maybe they buy a company like a Hulu and they or merge with a company like a Hulu, and I don't know. But the obvious one would be ad-supported. Um, I really got into Stranger Things only because I've got a young son that really got into it, and he gave us something to watch over the pandemic. I missed it the first three years. Um, but the idea of him and I watching two episodes or three episodes and getting hooked, and then it says, for the rest of the show, please go to Netflix.com and pay nine ninety nine a month. Eh, it's a little bit of not fair, right? 
Zoom Media up 38% today. Apple up another 2%. Facebook up 1.5%. Neo Limited. Neo Limited makes electric vehicles in Asia. And what's good for companies like Tesla has helped create good for scenarios of other people. The next Tesla is the idea. Uh, I'd be careful on that one. In the United States, construction spending almost flat in the month of July. Okay. You're going to start looking for some economic data that might be saying double-dip recession, or you're going to start looking for some economic data that might be saying something similar to that, uh, maybe economic strength you're looking for. But construction is not going to be the biggest one. It's not going to be the story that, like, gets me unhinged or unglued on content. It's not going to send me over the deep end. But construction spending barely rose in July as an increase in outlays on private projects was almost offset by a plunge in public construction projects. Oh, boy. There's the story in that headline. So, yes, uh, my homeowners association is building a rock climbing wall. That's private, right? That's them saying, let's build, but it's not a, it's, it's kind of a whole center like you could have indoors so you could do it during the winter kind of thing. That's the idea. Um, but that's private construction. So the public construction, the roads, they're going to fall into disarray. The bridges are going to fall into disarray. States are a little bit more focused on the thing called COVID right now than they are on um, let's get schools built. Let's, let's do new bridges. Bridges to, I can't remember the bridges to nowhere. Yes, that's our country. I think we're building a bridge to, in Alaska that just was literally putting people to work, but it was never meant to be used. Oh, my, 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 Captain. Uh, Death of Black Panther Star. It's interesting that ABC has kind of owned that. Um, Chadwick Boseman's death at the age of 43 highlighted that younger Americans can and will get diseases and that they're not... They don't have great immune systems per se, just because they think they do. But Chadwick Boseman's death from colon cancer at 43 highlights growing rate of diseases amongst younger people. And the testing of colon cancer isn't fun, but Disney's owning, he is our, he is our king. Um, and Disney obviously owns ABC, and ABC did a big tribute for uh, Chadwick Boseman. And I, I don't think... ESPN did, but it feels like they might have. So they ran the movie Black Panther on network television. There's Disney Plus. There's I don't know how I feel about a big company like a Disney saying he will always be our king. Because it's like, can we just mourn him a little bit before we say that? I, I get it. I get the idolization. I do. I do. I do. But um, it's a reminder to go see your doctor on occasion. So go see your doctor on occasion. Oh, by the way, the FTC now says you should do your first colorectal exam at 45. So they're pushing that number down. Again, he was 43 years old. And something that typically doesn't get people who's 43 years old, but higher diagnosis of diseases in the United States. The good news is um, we're getting more testing, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Stocks are mixed today, but tech shares are keeping the party rolling. 